Hello and welcome to Have You Heard, a listening project. On this podcast, we share tips, stories, and practical advice to help people with hearing loss stay connected. Today, we have myself, Audra, and my good friend, Mary Catherine. Hi there. We're going to be your hosts, and we just want to thank you very much for joining us. In this episode, we're going to discuss a little bit of a sensitive topic, but it's a very important one. And it's how do we bring up the conversations and address hearing loss with our older parents or our grandparents? I want to make sure that you guys stay to the end of this episode because we're going to give you the three C's you need to keep in mind when you're talking to your parents or grandparents about hearing loss. So why is this topic important and why can it be sensitive? Well, when we're talking to, you know, or talking about older parents and grandparents, when it comes to hearing loss, they are statistically more likely to lose their hearing as they get older. So I have a couple of statistics for you guys here. And this first one is actually from the National Institute of Deafness and Other Communication Disorders. And they say that nearly 25% of those 65 to 74 have a disabling hearing loss. And then once you're past 75, it actually goes up to 50% of those who are 75 and older have a disabling hearing loss. And what that means is that it's not minor. It is severe enough that it is impacting their quality of life. So the older they get, the more chance they have of having a hearing loss that's really going to start to impact them in a lot of ways. For me personally, I saw this firsthand with my father-in-law. He had untreated and unmanaged hearing loss for much of his life. I know when I met him back in 2012, I think he was in his early 70s at that point. It was very clear that he had a hearing loss and everyone in the family knew. It was just normal to talk loudly for him and at him and just kind of cross our fingers and hope for the best. He, like many others with untreated hearing loss, knew how to manage the conversations on his terms, which sometimes meant that he simply checked out. It was how he coped. He finally purchased hearing aids in uh, maybe 2013 or 2014. I don't remember call. And I know he used them for a few weeks. And I know that he recognized that he was hearing more, but he also just really, they bothered him. So he put him in his bedside drawer and that's where they stayed indefinitely. It was unfortunate, but he just wasn't interested in changing his ways. And honestly, the change was probably more than he could tolerate. That is why it is key to work with a qualified hearing healthcare provider who will work with your family member to get the best fit and also help them understand how to best utilize the hearing aids. In hindsight, which is always 2020, I wish I could have been there when he had his hearing tested and also got fit for his hearing aids. Perhaps having somebody else there um, could have made a difference in terms of finding out different ways to um, modify in the environment in order to improve communication, offer some coping strategies, but also just having another set of uh, another person there listening in to what was being said. So that information could have been shared with the family. In any case, I do think it's really important to note that a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot of people, there's a misconception out there that if somebody gets hearing aids, they will magically get their hearing back. And that is simply not the case. It takes time for someone to adjust to the new hearing aids and to learn how to use them effectively. Exactly. Because when you lose your hearing, it tends to be very gradual, right? So you don't lose it all at once. 
it's going to happen over time. So when you get hearing aids, it takes a while for your brain to reorient itself to hearing these sounds that it has gotten used to not hearing, to hearing different pitches and decibels that it has just learned how to um, work around because your brain is very adaptable and it has learned to adapt to not having those sounds. So then when you get hearing aids, it's not like Mary Catherine said, a magical fix. You're going to have to take some time, work with a professional to kind of step you up to where you need to be because there's a pretty steep learning curve when you get them, which is why it's so important to get hearing aids sooner rather than later. So according to that same study I quoted earlier, it said that among adults age 70 and older with a hearing loss and those who could benefit from hearing aids, Fewer than 30% had ever used them. So even though they would have benefited, even though it would have made a difference, fewer than 30% actually got them. And here's the thing. When we're talking about hearing loss, it's not just the hearing loss that's the issue. There are other dangers that are going to hide inside of the hearing loss. And I'm going to share a couple of them with you. So um, there was another study done by Johns Hopkins that said that having a mild hearing loss doubled the risk of dementia. A moderate hearing loss triples the risk of dementia, and people with a severe hearing loss were five times more likely to develop dementia. And it's, you know, it goes beyond, you know, developing dementia. It's also going to kind of lean into other just mental wellness issues. And so a study done by the National Council on Aging found that suffering with untreated hearing loss, um, when people had that, they had significantly higher rates of depression, anxiety, and other disorders. But here's the good news. I know that was very gloomy. Here is the good news. When these people were fit with hearing aids and were using them regularly, they started to improve. Their symptoms started to go down because hearing aids, they don't just improve the quality of your hearing, but they can really improve the quality of your life. And Audra and I can attest that in our work, we meet so many people who are simply starved for conversation and sometimes they're isolated in their homes. And let's face it, we've all been at home for the last, what, five months now? And um, at, least. <laughs> at least, and many of our customers are definitely sent, are definitely feeling that isolation. And we see hearing aids in CapTel as resources that can support many seniors who have hearing loss. Do such basic things as pick up the phone to call a friend to schedule a day out or just to get the latest gossip from the senior center. This is how all of us develop and maintain for our relationships our friendships, and we know that many of our customers are missing out on it because of their inability to communicate effectively. Sadly, most of them don't understand the downstream impact of this, which of course is why we have this podcast and lots of resources for our seniors that are both fun and educational. I like that you use the phrase downstream because that's exactly what this is. Like, it's not just one issue. The hearing loss can kind of manifest and impact other areas of our lives. So I think that that's a really good way to put it. But despite the, you know, the increased risk of depression and dementia, and not to just mention like just the everyday frustration that comes with trying to communicate when you have a hearing loss, like on top of all of those things, studies show that people on average, They wait about 10 years after their original diagnosis that tells them that they would benefit from hearing aids. They wait 10 years before they actually get them. And so then they're dealing with this for a lot longer than they really need to. And that's why it's so important as children and grandchildren that we are encouraging our parents and grandparents 
that were advocating on their behalf to help them prioritize their hearing health because it doesn't just impact one part of their lives. It really does impact the quality of their lives overall. And you know, one thing that really can mitigate a lot of this for all of us is simply starting to get our hearing tested at an earlier at an earlier age and perhaps starting in your 30s or 40s or if you're somebody who has hearing loss in the family or you're at risk for hearing loss because of some other condition start getting your hearing tested early and once you have that first exam you can see what your baseline level is and you'll know if it's time for more support or not I personally have had my hearing tested multiple times over the last 15 years or so. The results always came back as hearing within normal range or limits. However, recently I attended a lecture about the use of microphones with hearing aids. The topic was interesting, certainly relevant to the work that we do, but I remember listening and having this moment where I thought, maybe that's what I'm dealing with right now. Because what he said was, That hearing loss in noise is a real thing. And I realized that that is something that I really have an issue with. I had begun to notice maybe in the past year or so that I was really struggling with understanding conversations in noisy environments. It's a pretty common issue that may or may not mean that someone has a hearing loss, but listening in a noisy environment is simply not ideal. In any case, once I had this moment, I rang up my husband's audiologist and scheduled an evaluation for myself. The test revealed that I had a moderate to severe loss in noise. As a result, I too am looking to get hearing aids soon, and I can't wait to see or hear the difference. Hopefully taking action now will result in less risk of developing dementia because of my hearing loss. All right, back to the scheduled topic. Our final point we wanna talk about is why people wait so long to get help for a hearing loss. Audra, can you talk more about that? Absolutely. So um, I go to these lunch and learns that an audiologist uh, that I work with puts on once a month. And I love them because they're almost like little focus groups where we get to hear some of the reasons why people haven't gotten their hearing tested or they don't get hearing aids. And I love it when my real life experience matches up with the research that I do. So that's kind of how I came up with uh, the little list I'm going to talk to you guys about now. Um, This is I researched it and I was just, you know, just in talking to, you know, people who are older and why they don't get hearing aids. One of the biggest reasons that people wait is because it's hard to admit that you have a hearing loss and you're getting older. A lot of it's going to kind of come down to how people view themselves and how people um, see themselves. They don't want to feel old and getting, you know, hearing aids to them just feels like, man, like now they're on display. Everybody can see them. They can see that I am, you know, older or X, Y, Z, you know, whatever negative connotation you may have around getting older or having hearing aids. And so it really just, it keeps people from doing that because they're not ready to admit yet that they've passed into a different phase of life where, where hearing aids would be beneficial. So that's one reason is that they, they have a hard time coming to grips with the emotions that come along with uh, a hearing loss as you get older. Another part of the stigma, like I said, is just that hearing aids tend to be very visible. For some people, they don't like the idea that they have to have something that's going to hook around their ear or or two ears if you end up needing two, um, and they feel like it's just something that's going to make them stand out and people are going to notice. 
And that's really a shame because there's not the same stigma around glasses. When you see somebody with glasses, you don't think, oh, you know, there's something wrong with you. Like glasses are a fashion accessory at this point. And I feel like we can kind of come to a point in our lives where even hearing aids can be something of a little bit of, of, a, of an accessory to where we're not looking at that as somebody who has something wrong with them. It's just something that improves the quality of life. I think it's really important to note that hearing aids now are so small that oftentimes yes. they kind of look like our AirPods or some other wireless exactly. device that we put in our ear just for listening to our music or connecting with our phones. So it's really not like it was 20 or 30 years ago where they were much bigger and much more obvious. They're pretty small now. So there shouldn't be a fear of people seeing them because they really don't look much different in many cases than what we're already putting in our ears to connect with our with our phones. So just a note. I love that you brought that up because she's absolutely right. And that's why we're creating this podcast for that. Because when I'm at those lunch and learns, people say the same thing. And then the audiologists are able to show them, look how tiny this is. Look how small this is. Like you are, they're way cooler <laughs> and way smaller than you think. So that shouldn't prevent you because they can be nearly invisible. Another one of the the things that stops people is just not feeling like they have the support from friends and family because they might be the first person in their circle or the only person in their circle to need hearing instruments. And again, it's that singled out feeling. It's like, ugh, nobody else needs this. Why is it just me? I don't want to admit that I'm going through this. So the reason that we're kind of bringing these things up is when we can kind of talk about this, when we can help, especially children and grandchildren, understand some of the things that your parents and grandparents might be thinking when it comes to hearing loss, it gives you guys, just gives you the ability to come at it from a different way because you understand why they might be feeling reluctant. And I have to say that my father-in-law was a prime example of this. You know, he didn't see hearing loss as a big deal. He just thought it was part of life. Even though everyone else knew, they just made accommodations for him by speaking louder. And oftentimes that led to some pretty entertaining conversation. I can remember it now. Anyway, he's no longer with us and he, I miss him terribly. Um, but one of the things I really remember about him was he loved to play card games and board games. And he was from East Texas and he would just you know, he didn't necessarily follow what was going on when we were playing games, but I remember I would ask him, you know, like if he'd finished a play, I'd say, are you done? And he'd go, I done. And he'd move on. And that was his way of letting us know that he was, he was done. He was ready to check out for a bit and he'd be back on when it was his term. And one of the other things that I remember most about him was he loved to just sit out on the porch to just stay out of the fray. Because he just sometimes didn't want to engage. And again, part of his coping mechanism. So now that you know some of the facts and some the statistics around age-related hearing loss, how can you start this conversation with your own family member? There are three C's that you need to know and keep in mind when talking to your family member. They are compassion, clear communication, and consistency. Those three things are going to help make the conversation a lot easier. Um, because it can be challenging. If your parents or grandparents are not ready to admit or deal with their hearing loss, it can feel like pulling teeth to have it. And that's where compassion is going to come in because we have to we have to put ourselves in their shoes. We have to feel what they're feeling so that we can come at this conversation from a place of not confrontation, but from a place of compassion and love because we really just are looking out for them the way that they've been looking out for us, you know, our whole lives. 
So you want to make sure that you just start with the right heart that you want to help and you want to support them and that that comes through as you're talking to them. So that's what we mean about being compassionate. The other part of that is clear communication. When you can start the conversation and have just some facts in your back pocket, you know, you don't have to have all the facts, but just a couple, that's going to be really helpful because for some people, until they see the data, until they see that the hearing loss can impact them in so many other ways, they might just continue to brush it off. But the more they know and the more that you can educate them to some of the, as Mary Catherine said, the downstream effects of untreated hearing loss, I think for a lot of people, that might be the tipping point because they may say, well, you know, I'm not really concerned about the hearing loss, but I am a little nervous because I don't want, you know, to be at a higher risk of dementia or depression. So when we're talking about clear communication, it's just have a little game plan for yourself and you can come equipped with brochures from an audiologist. Um, The CapTel site has a lot of really great information where you can pull and use. So come prepared with facts so that you're ready to have a conversation. And the very last thing is just consistency. You might need to have this conversation more than once. You know, you don't want to stalk them. (laughs) You don't want to, every time you talk to them, bring it up. But if they brush it off, take it with a grain of salt, bring it up in a couple weeks, couple of months, whenever, but don't stop advocating for them. Don't start or stop encouraging them to see their audiologist, to look into the different resources um, that are out there so that they can understand that this is not about, you know, you wanting to not have to yell at them. This is really about their whole entire health and their quality of life. And I think that if we can be compassionate, if we can clearly communicate and we can stay consistent, we can really help them get the support that they need so that they're not living with an undiagnosed hearing loss. That about wraps up this topic. Audra, is there anything else we need to share before we finished up? No, I think we're good. I think the biggest takeaway is just, again, how many issues can stem from an undiagnosed hearing loss and how important it is to have these conversations with our parents and grandparents, even if the conversation is hard. So just keeping the three C's in mind, compassion, clear communication, and consistently, those are going to be really key to helping our loved ones feel valued and loved and remind them that we are here for them and that we're supporting them. So that's all the time that we have today. Mary Catherine, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I really love having you here. (laughs) I was thrilled to be here. I'm really enjoying this. Wonderful. And I hope you guys are enjoying it too. So don't forget to join us next time because we're going to be covering advocating for yourself if you have a hearing loss, as well as the emotions that go along with having a hearing loss. And that's a great episode for you all as well. If you are dealing with aging parents or grandparents, because this will give you even more insight of how they might be feeling so that you can have this conversation. So that's all that we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for joining us on the Have You Heard podcast. And remember to stay safe and stay connected. For more information about CapTel or other hearing health resources, please go to oeius.org and click on contact.